Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome in. We are back. Fresh off vacation. What's right with Nick Wright? Episode 166. Also, the beginning of Diora's farewell tour to the pod. Diora is here today. And then I know what you're thinking. Wait, she's going to be gone again? Because wasn't she just gone in the Hamptons? And then wasn't she just on a Caribbean vacation? That's all true. But Thursday, she leaves for Europe. Yeah, you've mentioned it every podcast. Oh, I apologize. I apologize. I just want the audience. You have a lot of fans. I want them to know what's going on with you. Uh, So she'll be out for the next few shows, but then she'll be back before she leaves us for college. We have a ton to get to today. Uh, But before we do any of that, some bizarre, scary, but it seems like everything is okay, breaking news from TMZ. I'm going to read you the article directly. LeBron James's son, Bronny, was rushed to a hospital after suffering cardiac arrest during a basketball workout. A James family spokesperson tells TMZ Sports. So this is a direct quote from the James family. Yesterday while practicing, Bronny James suffered a cardiac arrest. Medical staff was able to treat Bronny and take him to the hospital. He is now in stable condition and no longer in ICU. We ask for respect and privacy for the James family. We'll update media when there is more information. LeBron and Savannah wish to publicly send their deepest thanks and appreciation to the USC medical and athletic staff for their incredible work and dedication to the safety of their athletes. That's the end of their statement. Now, from TMZ. Sources with direct knowledge tell TMZ Sports a 911 call was made at 9.26 a.m. Monday from USC's Galen Center, the venue where the team plays and practices. The 18-year-old Hooper was unconscious, was taken by ambulance to the hospital. One source says it was a code 3, meaning ambulance lights and sirens, which signifies the importance or the seriousness of the emergency. So, the... Obviously, that's terrifying. Uh, People, you know, my age, I'm a little too young to remember this moment it happened, but people older than me certainly remember Hank Gathers, Lola Marymount, great player, who suffered cardiac arrest and passed away on the court. Obviously, all of us remember the DeMar Hamlin situation, but that was different because that was following a hit. The... 
the only question I would have that TMZ says a 911 call was made at 9:26 a.m. That almost would make more sense to me if it was p.m. Because yesterday evening, LeBron tweeted out the Forrest Gump gif running, joking about him going and playing in Saudi Arabia uh, if they offered him the billion dollars that was offered to Mbappe for one year of playing soccer. So the, the fact that they have the exact statement, and Shams has it too, from LeBron's family saying Bronny suffered cardiac arrest is terrifying. And it's not, and we can put up the Shams tweet if, the, if we want to, but it's just the statement that I read. Uh, it's, you know, I, I'm not going to speculate on what this means for his ability to play at USC or anything like that. This is just a, a kid. Uh, and I can't, I mean, exactly my daughter's age suffering cardiac arrest, which is terrifying and credit to the people at USC that got him evidently the attention he needed. And the other part, listen, the parts of the statement that jump out to me are obviously cardiac arrest. And then now in stable condition, no longer in ICU. I mean, that obviously is saying he at one point was in the intensive care unit. I This is a little confusing. It's also breaking news. Uh, but the headline is, it looks like true tragedy averted uh, for Bronny. And, well, obviously for his whole family. But that is a somewhat random and terrifying situation. So that happened, that... That tweet came out nine minutes ago, so it's the definition of breaking news. If there's any update throughout the show, <clears throat> pardon me, throughout the show, we'll bring it to you. It's a little awkward now to just transition to our normal show, but that's what we'll do. Here's what missed the cut for today's show. Steph Curry leaves LeBron off his all-time starting five. It was just bad starting five. You had Kobe Bryant at small forward. He didn't play small forward. You, I guess he didn't want to do any active players. Bad starting five. I love Steph. That's bad starting five. Nikola Jokic wins a horse racing championship in Serbia. Seemed almost as, as excited as when he won the NBA championship. And as I mentioned, a club in Saudi Arabia offered Mbappe one year $1.1 billion. That's a little misleading. Mbappe wouldn't get the full 1.1. He would only get $762 million because 330 and change would go to his club uh, PSG as a transfer fee. All right, Diora, let's get to the actual show. The most important Zoom call in fantasy football history happened this weekend. The top running backs hoped on hopped on a call to see what they can do to get better contra better contracts. Saquon seems like he folded and signed a one-year deal today. If the running backs hired you as their public defender, what would you have them do? Well, listen, the only chance the running backs would have if they hired me as their public defender would be more be like their union rep. They would have to all collectively, simultaneously hold out from camp. That is not realistic. That is not going to happen. If you're watching us on YouTube, I apologize. I keep grabbing the air in front of my face. There's a gnat flying around here that is quite annoying that I'm trying to get. 
So the public defender, I guess, would say you guys can all hold out and try, but that's not going to work. Uh, I have a different take than I think most media on the running back situation. I don't feel badly for them. And that's not because, oh, they're pro athletes. They should be happy. That is nothing to do with that. It is because, much like once upon a time, early 90s NBA. Let's go back 30 years. Shaquille O'Neal's in the league. Ewing, Olajuwon, Robinson, Alonzo Mourning's coming into the league. These awesome, athletic, dynamic centers. Some of the best players in the league. Played old school, low post, give it to me on the block, and I'm going to get you a bucket, okay? When, when that was how NBA basketball was played, of your 12 roster spots, at least two, sometimes three of them, were taken up by what were pejoratively called big white stiffs. They weren't always white. They were always big. They were very often stiffs. And the job was, you're going to play 12 minutes a game. You're allowed six fouls. You're going to use at least five of them to just lean on, hit, come down on these dominating centers. That was a job in the NBA. Are you seven feet tall? Do you have a pulse? Can you commit a foul? Well, then we probably have a roster spot for you. Okay? The game over the last 30 years has changed so much, those jobs no longer exist. That position no longer has utility. I don't feel badly. I you, you can feel badly for the individual person. I don't think it's bad for the sport because those jobs have now been replaced. Now, are you undersized, not that great of a defender, but you can shoot from 35 feet? You might have a job. The game has evolved. In the NFL, as we have become a more passing league, it's not like the money's gone down. It's a salary-capped and salary-floored sport. Every team's got to spend a minimum of like $190 million and a maximum of $210 million. So the money that is not going to running backs is going to other players. It's kind of the definition of a zero-sum game. So, yes, it sucks for the running backs, but it's really good for a fifth-string wide receiver who previously wouldn't have a job, but now he does. So, that's the first point. I don't think it's a problem. It's a change. But that is not the only reason running backs don't make as much money. The reason running backs don't make as much money is because there's too many good ones. So what do I mean by that? What I mean is, <coughs> for basically as long as football has existed, at the peewee and high school level, the best athlete plays running back. Get the ball all the time. Now it's kind of changed where some of the best athletes play quarterback, but running back was the position. And for a long time, it was the glamour position of the league. Because so many of your best young athletes played running back growing up, you have too many good ones coming out of college. And if you can get Isaiah Pacheco from the Kansas City Chiefs in the seventh round for $700,000 a year as a rookie, 
if you can get 75% of the production of a $10 million a year back for 7.5% of the price, you're going to do that. We're not going to get quite as much production, but we're going to have an extra $9 million to spend elsewhere. This makes, I'm, I'm, I'm saying it directly to Dior as much as the audience because I, the, I'm kind of framing this in a different way than I think most people have in this discussion. What they've said is, ah, the running backs need to be able to come straight out of college or they need a CBA just for him. And maybe, but again, that would just, any extra money going to the running backs is going to, in a cap sport, going to take away from other people. But, so right now there's too many good ones. Teams are passing more. Obviously, it's a position with a lot of injury risk. So teams aren't investing a lot of money. What people have not discussed enough of is that I think this will come back around the other way. And I think this will come back around the other way for two reasons. The first reason, and credit to my buddy Laszlo, who does radio in Kansas City, who was the first person I ever heard say this, and I think it's really smart, and I think it is going to start to happen. In college football, running backs still super important. In college football, running back still, after the quarterback, probably the most glamour position. And now, in college football, these guys can make millions of dollars. Are we going to start seeing some of the best college running backs? Not uh, B. John Robinson level, guys are going to be a top 10 pick. But guys that are going to go in the third, fourth, fifth round of the NFL draft, are we going to see those guys foregoing the NFL draft as long as they can to stay in college because there's more money for them with name, image, likeness deals in college football than there is in a fourth or fifth round rookie contract? I think we might. So when that starts to happen... All of a sudden, a really good running back might become more valuable at the NFL because there's not as many guys to replace them. The next thing that's going to happen, and this is going to take longer, is this. Given everything I've just now told you about the economics of football, Diora, I if you were to have a son and he is a superstar athlete, the like a superstar athlete, one of those kids that at nine years old, you're like, oh, he could be a pro one day. We've all seen those kids, you know what I'm talking about. And he loves football. And he comes to you and says, I can play any position. I'm the best athlete out there. What's the position if he really does want to say he's 12 years old, wants to be in the NFL, you're going to tell him probably stay away from. The running, back. Run, the running back position. Work on catching the ball. Work on sacking the quarterback. Work on play, these other things. You have a longer career, make more money. The best amateur athletes are going to stop playing running back. That then is going to once again lead to fewer B-level running backs available, which will make the A-level guys more valuable again. 
why do quarterbacks make slightly above average quarterbacks? Like, hell, slightly below average quarterbacks like Daniel Jones. Why does he make $40 million? Because even though he's slightly below average, there are seemingly only 24 people in the world that can play the position with any level of confidence at the NFL level. Right now, we have 300 running backs who can play it somewhat well. As that number goes down, which it will inevitably, because the best young people are going to want to stay away from the position, it will correct itself. It just will. And so, say I don't. I, I think Saquon, by the way, made a mistake here. I think uh, he he could have held out. He could have not reported to training camp, had no penalty whatsoever, and made eleven or ten point one million dollars. Instead, he signed a new contract, which pays him ten point one million dollars. He has to go to training camp. And the only benefit he gets is twofold. One is he can make an extra nine hundred grand in incentives if the Giants make the playoffs and he has a monster year. And the other thing is, of that ten point one million, he gets two million dollars via check today or direct deposit, as opposed to having it split out over the course of the year. But it's not extra money. So I think Saquon made a mistake there. Uh, I think missing out on training camp. And that wear and tear and injury risk would have been worth it to him. But that's, to me, not the real story. Like, And people, to me, are showing their own kind of blind spots here. You know who we really should be talking about feeling badly for? Fullbacks. Who don't even really exist in the NFL anymore because the game has changed. But, again, that's just of the 53-man roster, fullback is gone. But now you keep an extra tight end. So what's bad for the fullback is good for the tight end that would have been cut. So I think this all evens out to a degree. I think sports change. And, you know, the there this will at some point come back in the other direction. And I know people can't imagine it now, but there may be a day might take 30 years if we're still playing pro football the way we are now where quarterbacking has become so specialized at such a young age that there is a surplus not of great but of competent quarterbacks and what ends up happening is that a guy who can play the Kirk Cousins level of quarterback is super easy to find And if that happens, then the quarterback money, except for the very top, will go down. And that money, again, in a capped sport with a salary cap and a salary floor, will go to someone else. So, there's my take on it. I know you're going to roll your eyes at me. This, my entire vacation, this is what everyone was talking about in sports media. I think I probably just gave the best, most lucid explanation anyone did, at least of any platform that I uh, consumed, because you've got to kind of approach it from a non-emotional perspective in that regard. So I hope everyone feels a little more educated on that front. Diora, go right ahead. Chris Jones is holding out looking for Aaron Donald money. 
Casey may struggle to come up with the cap space for the anchor of their defense. Good job. <laughs> but, but is this a smart play? Because does Mahomes even really need a, a defense? Okay, well, so obviously Mahomes needs a defense. I Here's the thing. Chris Jones going to play for the Chiefs this year. This really is about if he's going to play for the Chiefs the next few years. He, he, There is an argument to be made. He's the single best defensive player in the sport. It is inarguable, inarguable, that he's one of the 10 best defensive players in the sport. And he is clearly one of the two best at his position. And you can make the argument that right now, this moment, He's better than Aaron Donald. Not historically, but where he is in his career. That he's the best D-tackle. This is tricky for Kansas City, though. Because Aaron Donald makes $31.6 million a year. The second highest paid defensive tackle makes $24. you are not supposed to have that gap between one and two. The Chiefs want to pay Chris Jones somewhere between them. Chris Jones wants right next to Aaron Donald. I don't blame him, but it's tricky because Mahomes is on a bit of a discount. Kelsey's on a huge discount. I think this gets done. I don't, but it should be noted. The last time there was a chief that wanted to be paid at the very top of the market, he got traded. His name was Tyreek Hill. Now they could overcome that because of Mahomes. Chris Jones is wildly important to this team. I believe they're going to get a deal done, but if they don't, this is probably his last year on the Chiefs. And that absolutely hurts their ability to be to go on a dynastic run. If he's there this year, which I think he will be, I think they could have a top 10 defense. Top 10 defense. They have all those young guys in the secondary. Pardon me, with a year of experience. I really like Nick Bolton as their inside backer. They have spent consecutive first-round picks on defensive ends. They then went out and got Charles Aminahu, and you have Chris Jones. You could have a legitimate pass rush, a young athletic secondary, Bolton holding down the linebacker crew, uh along with the guy they got from the Chargers, Leo Chennault, we'll see what happens with him. I, I like what this defense can be, but the focal point is Chris Jones. Chris Jones, who was first-team All-Pro last year, had 15 and a half sacks, and people who haven't been paying attention, Chris Jones, Mahomes' first year as a starter, set the all-time NFL record. Look it up. Most consecutive games with a sack NFL history. Chris Jones holds that record. He's been awesome for a really long time. But I understand it's you, you can't have it's very difficult to have the highest paid defensive player in the league and be paying your quarterback 50 million a year. And so I think they get it worked out. My guess is this comes in at Four years, they're going to call it $120 million, so he gets to say $30 million a year. But practically speaking, it's a three-year, 
eighty million dollar deal with seventy million of that guaranteed. Clip this and mark this for me. That so my I'm guessing it's reported at four one twenty. That fourth year is a fake one. It's actually three for eighty, which is twenty seven million a year with seventy million guaranteed. I think that's how that this thing ends. Next. Okay. The the Bengals title window may be closing before it even began. The team knows it has a big big contract negotiations ahead with Burrow, Chase, and Higgins. Not even your Bengals themed shirt can save them no. from their impending cap That's trouble. Funny. If you're watching, I guess I am kind of wearing a Bengals looking shirt. Go ahead. If they don't go all in this year, will they ever make it back again? Okay, so this is a little too fatalistic for me. The Bengals are in really good shape. Now, I personally think they made a mistake. I think they should have traded T. Higgins this summer. I think they should have traded T. Higgins for a first-round pick this summer because I don't think you can pay Burrow, Chase, and Higgins. I don't think that's smart. I don't think you can be, you obviously are going to pay Burrow. You obviously are going to pay Chase. But Higgins is going to be able to demand not the very top of the receiver market, but close to it. I don't think you can have two uber expensive receivers on essentially the same timeline along with an uber expensive quarterback. They didn't trade Higgins because they are going to sacrifice, they're going to run the risk of just losing him for, you know, minimal compensation or nothing so they can be as good as possible this year. I get that. It's not what I would have done. But the Bengals are positioned very, very well. But what is true is you want to win one with the quarterback on the rookie deal. You just, you, you, the Rams got to a Super Bowl with Goff on his rookie deal. Obviously, they won one with Stafford. The Eagles won a Super Bowl with Wentz on his rookie deal. He got hurt at the very end of the year. The Seahawks won a Super Bowl with Russ on his rookie deal. Got back to one the following year with him on his rookie deal. Never got back. The Chiefs made a Super Bowl and won a Super Bowl with Mahomes on his rookie deal. They then obviously just won one since he's gotten paid. The Bengals and Bills, the Bills window it, not that their Super Bowl window is closed, but Josh Allen's out of his rookie deal. Burrow's not out of his rookie deal yet, but that clock is tick, tick, ticking. And so it just gets harder. And having Burrow, Chase, and Higgins, three awesome players, all making next to nothing, has been obviously a massive advantage for them. All right, next. Lionel Messi made his debut for Inter-Miami. And it was so spectacular, you had to take a break from your vacation. Yeah, I did, actually. I I, tw- I sent out this great tweet about the best at- the thing about true legends, the absolute best of the best historically, is they somehow always find themselves in these moments, no matter the stage of their career, and just deliver over and over again. Sports are just the best, man. That was a great tweet by me, sent after a few Palomas, uh... On a, you know, we were, that was actually the night you, me, not you, me, your mom, and your brother went out Sounds great. in the town. And you could have come. You were invited. I wasn't invited. invited. 
You were invited. I was not invited because oh. I said something before you guys left. I said, have a great time. And you guys were like, yeah, we will have a oh, great time. Oh, your mom said you could go. It must not have been communicated to you. I thought you didn't want to go. Uh, I asked if I could. Oh, well, that's, well, you know what? Maybe your brother didn't want you to go. I don't know. I'm not going to get into the family politics. I <laughs> You're thought just you trying were to turn everybody I thought you were. It wasn't me. I just want you to know it wasn't me. I wanted you to come. You're 18, and you to go to bars in the Caymans, you only have to be 18. But go ahead uh, and ask the question. Sorry. So what's the big deal? Shouldn't this be expected? Because the, cause the producer was saying this was like if Mahomes was in the USFL. No, it should not be expected. First of all, Messi is an aging player. And second of all, the what he did was like from a movie. They're in the 94th minute. It's a tie game. It's his debut. It's not a penalty kick, which is a layup. It's from right outside the box, and he nailed it. No, I we, we've got to, and we've got to be able to appreciate these moments. Are you, Would it be better if he did it in the World Cup final? They just won the World Cup final. Messi did. Like, I, so I thought it was awesome. I thought it was great for MLS. Really good for Apple, you know, which has this huge deal with the MLS and helped bring him over. Great for Inter Miami. Great for my friend Mike Ryan and the people at the Levitard show. I, you know, I thought it was awesome. I thought it was one of the coolest moments in the history of Major League Soccer in this country. All right, take a quick break. Come back. We have a new game to play, and we talk a little more soccer with the Women's World Cup. That's all next. What's right? What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Hey, welcome back in What's Right with Nick Wright, episode 166. And I want to remind you guys, AG1 is the daily foundational nutritional supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it every morning after my Peloton rides. Love the way it tastes. All great athletes. I'm not really a great athlete, but I try. Have one thing in common. They take care of their bodies. Huge part of that starts with optimizing whole body health. So here's the question. DeAndre Hopkins has officially signed with the Titans. He believes Mike Vrabel can maximize his potential, just like AG1 is a nutritional supplement. Will, will the Titans supplementing their offense with the, uh, DeAndre Hopkins lead them to the playoffs? The answer to that question is no. Uh, playoff teams in the AFC 
you can write in pen the Kansas City Chiefs. You can also write in heavy, heavy pencil the Bengals, the Jags. We're at three. AFC East is going to get two. I believe it's the Bills and the Dolphins. That then leaves two spots open for the following teams. The Jets, the Ravens, the Steelers, the Chargers. That's four. I think two of those four make it. If only one of those four make it, you then have the group of Broncos, Titans, Browns, Patriots. So the Titans are more likely to finish in 12th than in 7th, so no. Reminder, AG1's really effective daily habit with high-quality sourced ingredients, and is another reason why, that's another reason why I trust AG1 each and every day. May not have all the answers, but if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and get five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash what's right. That's right with a W. That's drinkag1.com slash what's right. Check it out. All right, Diora, we had some breaking news right as we were going to break. It involves the NBA. What's going on? So the breaking news is that Jalen Brown's Supermax extension official for $304 million. Yep. Largest contract in NBA history. Um, so I think the question probably is why this took so long and what's going on. I. So I think it took a long time because the Celtics had to do this, but they also understand that Jalen Brown at $60 million a year is a disaster. So the... The details on it that I want to see, hold on, let me, the, the, and I should be able to pull them up real quick. Again, apologies because this just happened. Is, is there, so let me, here's Bobby Marks's tweet. Is there a no trade clause on this? I would imagine there can't be, uh, but he is obviously not eligible to be traded for a full year. That's part of the rules of this. Uh, and so... The, the contract details are the following. $52 million next year. I'm sorry. When it kicks in. The year after next. Then 56 Then 60 Then 64 Then $69 million in the 28-29 season. Uh, and that those are somewhat projections because it's based on a salary cap projection for the 24-25 season. Uh, we'll figure out what the exact numbers are next June. Uh, it again, per Bobby Marks, uh, it's the richest contract in NBA history. The richest previously was Jokic's 276 million. So the Celtics, I don't know that they are confident that the Tatum Brown combo can win a title, but they couldn't let him walk for nothing in a year, if they didn't sign him to this, they would risk losing him for nothing. Once he became All-NBA eligible, he was going to have to get something like this, or Supermax eligible because he made All-NBA. And now what this does mean is for the first time in five years, Jalen Brown won't be the subject of trade speculation 
because they are not allowed to trade him for one year after signing this deal. Oh, here's from Shams. Fully guaranteed with a trade kicker, no player option. That's, by the way, what they are haggling over on these things always. Is there going to be a 15% trade kicker? Is there going to be a player option? Is there going to be a team option? Uh, and Jalen was traveling this summer, and I do think the Celtics maybe were just wanting to make sure that there wasn't going to be a star um, news. Uh, there's there wasn't going to be a star available uh, that they could trade him for. So I think uh, I think that there is real reason if you're a Celtic fan to feel somewhat mixed emotions on this. Yes, you're glad you're keeping Jalen Brown. You saw Tatum and Brown together in the finals, but you probably don't think this team, at least I know Vegas loves the Celtics. I don't love them quite as much. think this team's going to get over the hump. And what I would imagine is that if they don't make the finals again this coming year, that next summer, once again, Jalen Brown's going to be the subject of trade speculation. Also, Jalen gave those weird interviews. I shouldn't say weird, but if you're a Celtics fan concerning interviews this offseason or this past during the season about the struggles for him of living in Boston and the struggles of being constantly subject of trade rumors. So it's kind of a marriage of convenience more than anything but it's also the result most of us expected we would get to. All right, next. Okay, so today we have a new game called Nick Goes to the Movies. After starring in Netflix's quarterback, star of the screen Nick Wright is here to predict if these sports storylines will end up in a glow-up like Barbie or a blow-up like Oppenheimer. So the first one is, the Ravens have finally put together a team around Lamar. But Odell came out saying, "You could, can you please turn your ringer off?" Sir? Oh, my apologies. Um, Thank you. But Odell came out by saying he was considering retirement, which may be a bad omen. Will the Ravens glow up or blow up? All right. First of all, I, I love the photoshops we have here. Uh, this is a great reason to watch on YouTube. I, I didn't glow up. I like the Ravens this year. Now it obviously is going to be predicated on whether or not Lamar. With the additional weapons, with Zay Flowers, with Odell, with Bateman, you know, in year two, with Todd Munkin, evolves as a passer, and we don't have to have the same Lamar conversation we've had a hundred times, but anyone that, anyone that is that pretends Lamar doesn't have some holes in his game when it comes to consistently making the easy throws. He's actually great at the tough throws and the elite throws, but he misses more layups than you'd want a $50 million a year quarterback to miss. If he takes that next step, this is a wildly dangerous team. If he doesn't or he gets hurt again, then the Ravens are in real trouble and they just signed him. But I, I don't think it's going to blow up on them, so I'll go glow up. Next. Sorry. Um, You're fine. Even Devontae Adams was impressed with the highlights from the Jets camp, where Aaron Rodgers threw a beautiful touchdown to Garrett Wilson. Um, Jets fans are getting so excited about this season, they are forgetting that they are still the Jets. Will the Jets glow up or blow up? Oh, I think this is blow up waiting to happen. First of all, 
I've never seen more hype surrounding a team that went 7-10 and 10 the previous year and was lucky to get those seven wins. So I understand they added Aaron Rodgers. Now he is 40 coming off the worst season of his career, but I get it. But they lost six straight to end the season. The fifth longest active losing streak in football right now belongs to the Jets. We all agree their beginning of season schedule is brutal. So these guys could end up, these young players, having lost 9 of 10, 10 of 11 football games. But that's not as what I'm focused on. What I'm focused on is how good were the Jets last year? So let's go through their seven wins and discuss them for a moment. Win number one, week two, against the Browns. That was the game that if Nick Chubb went down, the Browns are taking knees to win. Instead, he scores a touchdown to put Cleveland up 13 with two minutes left. And the Jets have a miraculous Hail Mary onside kick touchdown sequence to win by one against the Browns. Backup quarterback Jacoby Brissett when if the Browns running back had just gone down, they lose the game. That's win number one. Win number two is against the Steelers when they the Steelers benched Mitch Trubisky, put in Kenny Pickett, his first action ever as a pro, and he promptly threw three picks. Win number three was against Miami. That was a game. Tua was out for the game. Teddy Bridgewater started. Teddy Bridgewater got knocked out of the game. One play in, and Skylar Thompson came in. Win number four was a, a great win against Aaron Rodgers, who's now your savior. Win number five was against Denver in a game they didn't even have Russell Wilson. Instead, they had Brett Rippon. So maybe the worst coach-quarterback combo in NFL history for that game was Nat Hackett, Brett Rippon. Win number six was a great win against the Bills. And win number seven was against the Bears in the midst of a 10-game losing streak in a game the Bears didn't even have Justin Fields. Instead, they had Trevor, uh, Trevor Simeon. So you had seven wins last year. Five of them were about were against backup or third-string quarterbacks. So I do think the defense is going to be good, but I think the defense might be a touch overrated, and I don't think Rodgers is going to be unbelievable. I think there's going to be all this pressure and all of this scrutiny and all this coverage. I think this is prime for a blow-up. Sorry to our Jets fan, Gabe. Next. Dan Snyder is officially out in Washington has a star-studded new ownership group. First order of business, a rumored name change again. Will a DC rebrand glow up or blow up? I think this is a glow up for the for Washington. Nobody was ever into the commander's name. Nobody. They were they had a name forever that's a slur for Native Americans and so they you know 25 years too late got rid of it. They were then briefly called the Washington football team, which I actually think is a dope name. I like that name. And then they switched to the commanders. Nobody liked it. Nobody was even calling them that. People were still just calling them either their old name or Washington football team. So I think that's a good idea. Now, will the team be any good? Probably not. But I think the name change idea is good. Next. Okay. Steve Kerr came out saying he failed to connect to the Warriors last year. 
Draymond's hand connecting with Poole's face definitely made that harder. But with Poole gone and CP3 in, will the Warriors glow up or blow up? I'm actually, by the way, this is my favorite of the photoshops. That one, the Draymond thing looks cool. Steph in the Barbie outfit, or not Barbie outfit, but in the pink suit looks cool. Ken. I, I, yeah, is, is that, but does Ken wear suits? I'm pretty sure he wears a suit in the movie. Oh, oh okay. Ken has a lot of different outfits. I, if you weren't going, I'm not bringing up your trip again, but if you weren't going out of town, I'd really like to go do the Barbie Oppenheimer double feature. Oh, I don't really want to see Oppenheimer, but I am going to see Barbie before I think I leave. you might want to see Oppenheimer if you had any passing knowledge on what it was about. Stop it. I do know and, what it's oh, about. Okay, and it's a Christopher Nolan movie. You liked the Batman movies. It, I'm sure it's a great movie. It's just not my genre. It is long. It's three hours. But yeah, I, I want to go see not. it tonight. I'm gonna. I go want to go. I'm going to see Barbie tonight. With who? Myself. No. Yes. What do you mean no? <laughs> Maybe we'll go as a family. Okay. I do want to see Barbie, but I really want to see Oppenheimer, and obviously I want to see Mission Impossible because Mission Impossible is my favorite series. There's of a movies. lot of new scary movies coming the, out. Too. I don't care about these stupid scary movies. Uh, you know what? I did like the movie we watched last night as a family. They cloned Tyrone. Yeah, that. Was I thought good. that was good. I thought it was smart. I thought it was really good. Uh, it reminded first, me. It was like a mix of Get Out and Us together. I thought it was the first really good original Netflix movie in a while. Like that felt like Jamie a big Fox budget. Directed it, right? Oh, I didn't know that. I, I it so. felt like a good big budget movie. Uh, it felt like the first like awesome. Maybe I'm forgetting one, but Netflix like big star, big budget could have been in a theater movie since uh, Bird Box. But again, maybe I'm forgetting one. Um, but regardless, I'm gonna cop out on this one. I don't think they're gonna. Uh, they're going to glow up or blow up. That is the Warriors. I think they're going to be about what they – a little better than they were last year, but they're a second-round team at best in the playoffs. And I don't know that Chris Paul is going to be on the team at the end of the year. Next. Elon Musk is rebanding Twitter as X and losing the bird. Is X a glow up or blow up? So here's the thing. I, I think Elon Musk has done a terrible job with Twitter. Yeah, he's kind of just decided that he was going to take over completely. Yeah, well, I mean, he cha- bought it. And cha- I'm cha- saying, but yeah, and change everything. everything. I, I think he's done an objectively bad job with it. Uh, also, he has a weird, evidently, obsession with naming things X. This is what got him pushed out of PayPal, was he tried to change PayPal's name to X, and people didn't like that. Obviously, his company's name is SpaceX, the Tesla's Model X. He, I think he named one of his kids X and then a bunch of numbers. He's got a weird yeah, thing. Yeah, his with, kid's name is kind of. He's got a weird he, thing with the letter X. I don't get it. But I also think that Twitter has such a massive head start on all the other platforms. And so many of us use it so compulsively that no matter how, quote, bad, unquote, it gets, I think it's got a lot of durability. As a platform. Now, is it going to, you know, is he going to end up losing more than half of his $44 billion investment? Almost assuredly. But I don't think Twitter's going anywhere, even, you know, despite Musk trying to run it into the ground, seemingly. All right, last. A new research paper out of Stanford University shows that the newest models of ChatGPT are actually less accurate than before. The robots' correct answers have regressed by 95%. Will AI glow up or blow up? I, 
listen, I think event. Oh, that's funny. Full screen too. I think eventually, artificial intelligence will, at some point in my life, certainly in your life, artificial intelligence will be as ubiquitous as the internet, as far as in all facets involved in almost every facet of our life. I do think. Go ahead. I was just saying how school, like, in the middle of the year, they made it, like, a serious offense if you used it during school. And then by the end of the year, they were teaching us how to use it so that people didn't get in trouble for using it. Well, I also, listen, but I, yeah, I do think it's going to affect how you have to teach or you're going to have to have more discussions rather than exams and papers. I, I get all that. But I don't think, I think that, we got the first glimpse of it and people acted as if it was more evolved than it actually is. So I think we are a ways away from it being able to be effectively used in everyday life by regular folks. But I do think eventually we get there and I have not spent enough time thinking about it and my brain doesn't really work totally in the way to figure out all you make fun because I pointed at my head, uh, of all the different ways it will impact things from retail to every aspect of life. All right, we will answer your questions next. What's right? Warmer, sunnier days are approaching, so fuel up for them with factors, no prep, no mess meals. Factor will help you meet your wellness goals just in time for summer, thanks to a vast menu of chef-crafted, never-frozen meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. These fresh meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Variety? They have that. Factor has 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. Working on wellness goals? Factor has you covered with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. How do they taste? They're delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious, and delicious options. What about quality? Each Factor meal is restaurant quality with premium ingredients like filet mignon, blackened salmon, and shrimp. So start spending less time in the kitchen now because you don't have to shop, prep, cook, or clean up. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash nickwright50 and use code nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code NickWright50 at Factormeals.com slash NickWright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Welcome back. Episode 166. Now we're going to answer your fan questions. C asks, do you think Alcaraz will... Go ahead. You're right. What? No, I'm just, I realized, I forgot that we hadn't talked to Owen Wimbledon because we were out of town, but go ahead. We'll repeat at the U, repeat at the U.S. Open. If not, who do you think will win? Oh, I'm so glad we got this question. Uh, so can we put Matt on camera? Matt, are you ready to admit? 
My guy has dethroned your guy. I don't know if Djokovic is really your guy, but you were trying to get me to bet on him. I told, I, I did say we didn't do a lot of Wimbledon corner. We had the peaches and straw and cream, that, or I'm sorry, strawberries and cream that one day. But what we did have was correctly predicted the final from the beginning. I watched that whole match, Diora, on our flight uh, to the Caymans. It was so perfect. It was with winter. We were delayed on the runway for three hours, and everyone was getting freaking out and getting annoyed except for me. It was just happily watching Wimbledon. It was great. Um, listen, I'll just be for the time being picking Alcaraz in every major. He obviously won't win every major, but it, with it, I gotta maybe look at more of his record in the French. But certainly on hard court and grass court, I'm just gonna go with him. I mean, he's the next thing in tennis. There's just no doubt about it. All right, next. Lots of people ask, did you watch the QB doc? Okay, so I haven't watched it yet because I'm waiting to watch it with you. I don't... So here, I watched the part that you were in. Okay, but that's not... I don't care about the, the fact that I'm in it. I don't... Uh... Here's the thing. It's not that long. It's just ten parts. It's just ten parts. Um... And it's not really about football. It's about people. I'll and stick I to my think I think you will really enjoy it. I want you to watch the first two episodes with me. Two episodes. Yes, two episodes. You know I'm trying to and finish rewatching Gossip Girl for the right fifth now. time. The second time. Okay, don't do that. You'll you'll be done with that by the time you get back from Europe. When you're back. I want you to, and I'm waiting to watch quarterback, even though I am basically one of I just want everyone to know this is his first time mentioning that he wanted to watch it with me. I know, I know. I've been waiting for the right moment. And then you say it on here acting like I've just been like, no. No, because I knew that's what your initial reaction would be. But I want you to watch the first two episodes with me when you get back. Uh, If you uh, enjoy uh. it, if you enjoy it, we'll watch the whole series together. Because I think you're going, it's going to make you interested in football a bit. Totally. I, I think it might. 100%. People that never cared about F1 racing or car racing at all watched the Netflix series and now watch it every weekend. So you and I will watch it together. I'm going to try to get Mommy involved as well. How but about you just watch it with Mommy? No, I, no, this could be a you and me. You're about to leave. And this would be then a nice bonding like, thing, and that it let's would go keep to us, dinner or something. We're then. gonna do that either way, <laughs> and it will. The reason I want to do it with you is if it if you do like maybe you'll love Marcus Mariota or Kirk Cousins and Mahomes, obviously the other guy. Uh, then you might be invested in it, and then when you're off in college during NFL Sundays, you might call me and be like, "Oh my gosh, did you see what happened?" It would be great. So I, that's why I wanted <laughs> to watch not. it. All right, next. Noah Rodriguez. Rodriguez said, did you like the Steph Curry documentary, especially the part where they ran your Andrew Wiggins, ran your Andrew Wiggins take as a reason for why Steph is underrated? No, so I haven't watched it. People were sending this to me. Uh, Listen, Steph Curry is a lot of things. Underrated is not one of them. Uh, But I did get a little bit of the sweet and the sour with these sports docs because I didn't know I was going to be in either one of them. And the quarterback one comes out, and within the first 10 minutes, it's me correctly declaring that Mahomes is the best player ever. 
and being defiant about it. And that's kind of the crescendo of the open of that doc. So that was cool. And then evidently the Steph Curry documentary ends with him winning the title with my voice saying he'll never win another title. So, you know, you get a little bit of best of both worlds. But I, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it yet, and I obviously haven't seen the entirety of quarterback yet. All right, next. Alex Thomas says, Nick, M- Mission Impossible 7 is great, great, great. Must see, Nick. Oh. I, I feel like it's so hard to believe that the seventh of a movie is just as good as the other ones. Well, so here's the thing. Mission Impossible 1 was awesome and somewhat groundbreaking, but it was confusing for a lot of people. And it, but it was the first of this Tom Cruise Mission Impossible series. Mission Impossible 2 is not good go and movies. is not part of the canon. Mission Impossible 2, it, it's like it didn't happen. Mission Impossible 3, with Philip Seymour Hoffman as the villain, when it came out, I saw it in college, and I remember leaving the theater and saying to my buddy, that's the best action movie I've ever seen. Mission Imp- Then there was like a decade until they came out with another one. Mission Impossible 4 was exceptional. Not as good as 3, though. And then Mission Impossible 5 reset the bar and was the best action movie I had ever seen. Mission Impossible 6 which is I'm in the process of rewatching as we speak. I watched some of it last night to prepare me to see 7 was had the maybe the coolest open of any of the Mission Impossible movies and was an A+, but I don't know if it was as good as 5 and 3. And now 7 is two parts, so it's really 7 and 8. But it is it the Mission Impossible series is my favorite movie series ever. It's so good. And you just have to pretend two didn't happen. It's so good. Uh, all right. Are we? Is that all our questions? Yep, that's all. I think that's all our questions. We will be on TV today talking to, I guess we have some Jalen Brown breaking news. Uh, we have a ton of, we're, we're really turning, though, the page to the NFL on the TV show and on this show, as you guys can tell. Diora? Will not be with us for until two weeks from today. You will be missed. We all love you and appreciate you. That was episode 166. See you guys today on TV. Bye. Hey, it's Nick Wright. Thank you so much for watching. Please do us a favor. Click subscribe. It helps my ego. And Demonze's got a financial bonus writing on a number of YouTube subscribers. So help him out. And also click the bell. I don't know what the bell does, but they tell me to tell you to click the bell. And your audio listeners, people that have commutes, drives, whatever it is, subscribe to the podcast as well, wherever you get the podcast. Same show, just, you know, just in your ears instead of through your eyes. All that. Check it out. Appreciate y'all.